Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive deep into the tools, laws, and yes, processes that you need to know in order to scale and grow your organization. On this podcast, we help you structure your business processes to make your people your organization's greatest competitive advantage. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher of your choice. You can also subscribe at peopleprocesses.com, which will give you exclusive subscriber-only content. Here is your host, Rami Alajil, author and CEO of People Processes. My name is Rami. I'm the CEO of People Processes, and this video dives into compensation design. We're going to talk about the ins and outs of overall compensation design. And then in particular, we're talking about incentive pay. This is a mixture of bonuses, commissions, quotas that can be built in to an organization's compensation scheme to influence behavior. Of course, you can just set a salary and call it a day, but we've found over the years that incentive pay can affect behavior. So let's talk about that. When we're designing these incentive compensation schemas, there is a lot to consider. Every industry is different, and I want you to start by thinking about what the industry norm is. If you're experienced in your industry, hopefully you have an idea of what that looks like. More than likely, there's a reason it's set that way. So don't feel like necessarily this is the place to uh, innovate whole cloth. Instead, it's a great place to iterate from the market norm. So hopefully that's a place for you to start. But if you're in an industry that has no real structure to it in terms of what's common and you want to take a look into this, let's dive into it. So say you're running a nonprofit. A lot of them don't have particularly strong incentive payment schemes. We'll be working with that. Here's where you start. Total target income. TTI is the basis of most compensation schemes. If you look at a position, maybe it's an outside sales position, maybe it's inside sales, maybe it's an executive function, maybe it's a management function, or even something frontline, customer service. You as a company can, should research and benchmark the total target income. How much at the high level of a great performer top total target income would you provide for that? So let's think about this as a, a project manager, right? And you say, look, if they nail it, if everything goes perfectly, I want to pay them 200000 a year. It's going to be great. But that's if everything goes great and they nail it. Oftentimes, employees don't nail it and things don't go great. So what you do is you set that kind of goal amount. That goal is the total target income. It's entirely possible they could exceed that, but this is the, this is what we really want. And then we think about how much of that compensation to put at risk compensation is the portion of total target income that we're saying they could have or not have, depending on their action. Now, you may be thinking if you're a salesperson, you're like, dude, I have unlimited compensation. I make 20% of what I sell. I could sell a billion dollars. I could sell a hundred thousand bucks. Who knows? That's true. Your compensation is 100% at risk. And there probably isn't a total target income for you. For them, at a 100% commission setup, you're holding all the risk. 
the company ex has very little risk, so it's 100%. But most organizations are not that way, and most companies and positions are not that way. So what we're doing is saying in a project management position, how much of their compensation, that total target, do we need to put at risk to assure or to incentivize that they do an amazing job? So again, let's think about that project manager, that if everything goes great, they make 200000 okay? And if everything goes okay, maybe they make 150, 170. You need to think about it in those terms. And if everything goes poorly, you fire them. We'll talk about that too. We get to quotas. But that would be the kind of positions you want to take. The at-risk compensation is, all, is the piece that you want to incentivize behavior with which normally means moving people from average or kind of par up to excellent behavior. So think about those two numbers. A CEO, there's a huge difference between a good one and a great one. A customer service rep, there's a big difference, but it's not a huge financial impact maybe between a good and a great one, unless you're like being customer service to nuclear silos. I don't know, maybe it is in your business. But think about great is your total target and good to get an idea of your at-risk compensation. Let me give you some rules of thumb. 8% seems to be the minimum to affect behavior. So around 8% of your compensation coming from bonus, incentives, commission, whatever, seems to be about the minimum to make it worth affecting behavioral change. And there's a lot of research on this. Some people say as low as six, some say 10. 8% is a good rule of thumb. That would be a minimum incentive structure, okay? So you can think of that as over the course of a year, right? If they make 100,000, a bonus at the end of a year of 8,000 is probably enough to have some effect on behavior. Of course, that's a terrible cadence, and we'll get to that in a second. 50% on the other end is a highly incentivized person. Not outside sales, but like, for example, car sales. Car salespeople can't control who walks on the lot. A lot of that, that's why you see car commercials all the time. Who walks on the lot is the responsibility of the car dealership. But once they walk on the lot, it's a sales job. Highly aggressive, kind of crazy sales job. Just kidding, car sales guys. I love you too. But 50% is the target compensation there. So you'll often find that they are set at a salary of 40000 and then their target is to make 80000 total. And sometimes they do this in the form of a forgivable draw instead of just pure 50, but we'll get to that complexity in a minute. The truth is that's a $40,000 salary. And when they reach their quota, they're making 80. Okay. We'll talk about that. Financial executives are often that way. In fact, executive functions often look this way. If you look at say a store manager for a large department store, like a, a Macy's, a Kohl's, or even a Walmart, their salary may be 200,000 and then their incentive pay, their bonus, for the success of the store, it's another 200,000, something like that. That's someone who either has a whole lot of operational control like an executive or a salesperson, like an inside salesperson, that's what a car salesperson is, or an inside salesperson in your teams. 50% is a very aggressive incentive program. Anything about 50 is basically normally outside sales, okay? There are some positions where maybe you make a $24,000 salary and you can, your target compensation is 100,000 bucks. That'd be like 75,000, 
but that's a pretty much an outside sales job with kind of a minimum salary to keep you happy a little bit just from that's uh, and, and if someone didn't make the kind of money to justify it they would fire them basically if you're looking at your commission structure or your incentive programs you're picking a number somewhere between 8 and 50% of that TTI to think about how to do this if you're in a sales organization you know what the commissions need to be it's probably 100% commission or close to it let's talk about cadence and goal it's very important in these that the incentive be aligned to the appropriate thing, right? That's goal setting. Very important. If you have a manager, there needs to be, you need to be tying their, and let's say it's not a traditional, it's hard to manage their KPIs, right? They're a customer service manager or a head of graphic design. I don't know, whatever it is. And you're looking in that eight to 10% or maybe even 15% total incentive pay. For them, you need to think about the goals. What are we measuring? Okay. So what I often recommend is a mixture of competence. So what skills do they have? And the goals to gather more skills. Behaviors, which we call core values. So you can be an amazing accountant and know all about credits and debits. But if you're a butthead and I don't want to work with you, that's a bad sign. So you have a behavioral component which is often represented as peer reviews, some of those items. And then finally, some actual goals, right? So maybe it's to increase sales by 3%, generate higher, fewer returns uh, on the items, whatever that looks like. But don't get too caught up in pure goal setting, okay? I want you to also think about especially behaviors and perhaps awarding competence in terms of developing and being able to handle more complex issues, okay? So you could do that as part of a performance review. Okay, performance review structure is normally competencies, goals, and core values. Now, if, you, if, if the job lends itself, that's for the hard ones. That's for the hard jobs to figure out. If the job lends itself to a KPI that's highly understandable, cars sold, projects completed on time, on budget, right? Much easier to design a, an incentive structure on that, 100%, right? Renewal percentage is an insurance one. Claims percentage is an actuarial one. Those sorts of items are very are much easier to figure out. But if you're thinking about a manager in a healthcare situation, you want to think about some KPIs, but wrong drugs given to the wrong person, right? Like a couple of those to make sure we're incentivizing those. But to some degree, you're talking about generalized skills, the correct behaviors, and then departmental over overall goals, fewer patient returns, some of those sorts of items. Cadence. The faster, the better, but the more complex it is, the more work it is. So car salesman, the cadence is you sell a car, here's your money. Inside sales is often that way because it's so easy to measure. You can pay them monthly or weekly or daily. Even, okay. Cadence is very important. The faster it is, the better. Now, if you're talking about an executive where you're talking a big a big company, lots of different pieces, oftentimes their compensation is effectively annual or even multi-year, okay? Much harder to do. Very difficult to figure out exactly what they've done, and it's a multi-year kind of program. The faster it can be, the better, but some things just don't happen in three months or three weeks. So you want to think about your cadence in terms of what you're trying to incentivize. 
If it's something that can be measured and changed quickly, the more better, the better you've defined it, the faster the cadence. Okay. Projects completed on time, on budget. Great. When that happens, you can pay out the budget. You can pay it out the week after the project closes. I don't know. Or there's maybe you have hundreds of projects under one project manager. It's not a big project kind of program. And you need to just take the average on time, on revenue um, projection for the month and use that as the basis. I don't know. But the more complicated, the longer the cadence, the simpler and the easier to measure, the faster the cadence. And you want a fast cadence because that's what will actually influence behavior better. If you're talking about an 8% bonus and it's once a year, that's a big paycheck, right? That's a, that's like an extra month's pay. Feels good. People are going to care about it for the two or three months before it. And the one month that they're going to think about, oh my God, I got to make my goal. Okay. Now let's talk about what these incentive payments actually come in terms of. They're not just commissions. I've been using that as a stand-in. A commission is a percentage of sale. That's the definition of a commission. And it's the easiest because there's a nice round number in there. So this would, for every car you sell, we give you a thousand bucks plus 1% of the ticket value, right? Or maybe we give you 2% of the ticket value. I don't know. Nice and easy. If you're an outside salesperson, these are very direct. If you're inside sales, again, same thing. Commissions are great. It makes a lot of sense. Ticket item, some measurable percentage of that that's based on your thing. You get to pay it out quickly. You don't have to worry too much about uh, the danger. But in this case, when you talk about inside sales, you're talking about 50% commission, 50% salary, or 50% hourly tar of tar total target income. So we have to add a caveat in there, which is if they make one sale and it pays them $500 and you're paying them a $50,000 salary, it's like they got to make a certain number of sales to get there. We'll get to that. That's called a quota to keep their job. We'll come to that. So commissions can be combined with some of these other programs as well. But in general, fully outside commissions are a flat percentage. Inside sales are another percentage, but they have a quota involved, that kind of thing. But they are actually the least common. The bonus is the most common. Again, this is tied to some sort of a performance review, whether that's monthly, quarterly, annually, semi-annually, something like that. And the bonus is actually the traditional way of incentivizing more complex behavior, right? So you're talking about a, for a store manager, maybe it's a quarterly bonus based on their various items to, to have the store do very well. For a project manager, maybe it's a monthly, I don't know, it depends on how many projects you have. Maybe it's a bonus at the end of each project, okay? It's not a commission, it's a bonus. And the schedule of that is to think about how many projects they're gonna do throughout the year. How much of that is, how much did you think about, all right, 25% of total target is going to be at risk. Maybe they have five projects, right? So each bonus would be a flat amount equal to approximately 5% of your total target. Nice way of doing that. Okay. A lot of different ways of handling that. You have to think about the incentives that come from them. So try not to do anything too crazy. Run it by your other executives and thoughts, but this is a key part. One of the biggest numbers to concern yourself with here is break-even. Not all roles allow you to do this, mainly sales or revenue or management roles that have a financial component. If you were, for example, doing inside sales and they're doing, you know, you've given them a $40,000 salary, 
and you're expecting them to make $80,000 because they should make another 40 in commission, okay? Another way you can do that is think about how much many sales they need to make to cover your 40,000, not in gross revenue, in the, whatever the labor allocation is of your budget or your net profit, however you want to think about it, okay? You want to pay for their 40, and then how much do they need to sell in order to get to that 80, and combine those numbers so that you the break-even point, okay? Or at least enough to cover the 40, at least enough to cover their salary. Many companies design it, their sales with quotas or their project management with quotas. And the quota is the target. If you hit your quota, you're getting your target, total target income. You build it there, okay? You recognize that some people will exceed it. And if you build in your structure such that after they reach their quota, you can content, they could make even more than that, that'd be great. So they could make more than the total target income. But if they make less than the total target income, they haven't achieved their quota, and that's okay. You can talk to them about what you have to know that break-even number in the back of your head. That's a key thing to know. And if they're fault, they don't have to know that number. But if they fall below that break-even number, you got to let them go. Okay, just no question. And normally the break-even is significantly less than the quota. In the case of a 50% person, it's probably about 50%. So if their quota is a million dollars in sales, and at a million dollars, they're going to make 200000 a year, if they sell 500000 can you cover their $100,000 salary and be okay? Have a good business? Probably. That's your break-even. These are some of the key considerations that we've gone through. Let me recap a little bit, okay? Total target income. Think about a great person doing that job, how much would you pay them? Break it down into how much should be at risk. Some rules of thumb, 8% is the minimum, 50% is the like maximum for a very salesy job. Normally, if you're talking about non-sales and you're asking what's 8%, what should be 12, what should be 15, what should be 25, the higher up you go, the more at-risk compensation you have because you have more control. A frontline CSR may not have much control so you put in an 8% on there, okay? But a department manager may have 12, maybe more like 15%. They have a big, they're able to really control how well the company does. And a vice president or a C-level executive, they could be as high as 50% because they're going to, they have a huge impact on how the business runs. They have a lot of control over how they're judged. Okay. So just a key thing to think about. Somewhere between 8 and 50%. Anything over 50 is normally outside sales, and you guys know what to do with those. Cadence as quickly as possible without overwhelming yourself with paperwork and administration and tying that to goals that have a reasonable time frame that are measurable, okay? And those goals need to be selected carefully. Goals can also include the increase of competence and the way that people behave. Highly important. We call those core values. Very important if you're doing performance review based. You can use commissions, which are percentages of pay or percentages of revenue, bonuses, and you need to think about where your break-even point is and what the quota is, which is the number you're telling them to hit, if possible, to get that total target income. If you don't have quotas, you have goals, right? If you have a, a position like that. Bonuses do increase productivity. Orderly bonuses increase sales for productivity much more than annual bonuses, as we talked about. Quotas are faster. And if they're a long way from reaching their quota, they're much more likely to give up. But they don't slow down once one is reached, especially if there's additional incentive beyond them. 
those are my generalized notes and thoughts on designing an incentive program. Hopefully this helps you. Of course, every business is different. I see people make mistakes often putting 100% commission roles in positions that don't have full control. That's a bad move. And then I see people doing going the other way and not putting an incentive program in place. And you're leaving a lot of great effort on the table because just that little bit of motivation, a little bit of extra will motivate some portion of your population, 25, 30, 35% of your population to exceed what they otherwise would have done. An incentive program is there to change behavior. And it does. Every study shows that it absolutely can. Of course, it can do it the wrong way. Set the wrong goals, tie it to the wrong things. That would be bad, but that's not, don't do that. If you design this well, think about what actually you want to incentivize, have more of, you're going to do great. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at People Processes. Go to peopleprocesses.com, subscribe, and get some of our subscriber-only content. And if you got something out of this, make sure you share it with anyone you know. Thank you for tuning in. Now it's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.